The end of a particularly dry El Nino weather pattern experienced in Southeast Asia during 2015 and 2016 has now quite literally begun to bear fruit for companies that produce palm oil. MP Evans, one such company, recently reported that crops were ahead of last year by more than a quarter to well over 200,000 tonnes. More crops mean that more palm oil can be produced, but this has raised concerns that higher volumes could weigh on the price that these companies can demand for their product. I'm joined today by MP Evans' chief executive, Tristan Price. Hello, Tristan. Good morning. So such a surge in the production of these fresh fruit bunches that you use to produce palm oil has raised concerns that this surge in supply could push on price if demand isn't there to keep up for it. And so how is MP Evans um, preparing for perhaps such a price shock? Well, I think I'd make two points on that question. The first one is that the surge in crop that you described has been perhaps a little bit more muted than than people were expecting. And particularly in in Kalimantan, which is a a big producer of of fresh fruit bunches in Indonesia, the surge has been quite muted. And therefore, stocks of palm oil have not recovered in the way that people were expecting. And that therefore the the availability of palm oil itself is a, perhaps a bit less than people expected. The second point to make is that palm oil is only one vegetable oil and you have to see the, the price of palm oil alongside the prices and the availability of all of the other vegetable oils. So quite often uh, it's more important what's happening to soybean farmers in South America than perhaps the, uh, the, the weather pattern in Indonesia. Okay. Apart from soybean oil, what do you feel like are kind of some of these other alternatives? The soybean oil is the largest. It's the, it's the second largest vegetable oil. Palm oil itself is the largest uh, vegetable oil and the most traded. And uh, the, the weather patterns in, in this planting season have been, uh, have been quite good in North America, but less good in South America. And there have been, uh, I think, uh, lower expectations of the the sunflower the sunflower seed crop but uh, another thing that perhaps your listeners won't be aware of is that palm oil is the only permanent tree crop so once you've planted your palm it's with you for 25 years or so whereas all of the other vegetable oils are produced out of annual crops so what happens as the price starts to fall those farmers who plant other oil seeds choose to do something else and so there is an automatic stabiliser of some kind for the palm oil uh, price because palm oil is also the cheapest vegetable oil to produce. So as, as the price perhaps starts to fall, some of those other annual crops get planted to other things and the supply is reduced. And so you have something that, that is an upward pressure then on, on, on price. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because, I mean, palm oil is found in so many different products from chocolate bars to soaps and shampoos. And so All over the is place. it really, it's, it's just that simple that if some of these producers, if they find a, kind of the, one of the alternatives is cheaper, that they really can just swap it out that easily? I think inevitably there are switching costs. So you can't, you can't from one day to the next decide you're going, going to stop using one oil and start using another. But, but broadly speaking, I think, yes, you could, 
you could apply palm oil in in pretty much any circumstance. I mean, typically, people tend to consume the oil that is grown in their region. So in the Americas, you tend to get soybean oil. In Europe, you tend to get rapeseed oil or sunflower seed oil. And in Southeast Asia, Asia, you get palm oil as the as the primary uh, the primary vegetable oil. But palm oil is the cheapest and the most traded. So it's the one that makes up the balance. If if people are short somewhere, it tends to be palm oil is is what they turn to 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 make up the difference. And going to the details of M P Evans' estate, analysts have said that one of the advantages of M P Evans over some of your peers are that it's a particularly young estate with an average age of about six and a half years, compared with an industry average of closer to about eleven and a half. So why why is this an advantage for M P Evans over some of your peers? Well, the most important thing about palms is that they have a very long life. They they live for twenty five years longer, actually, and and typically they reach the end of their lives when they become so tall you can't harvest them anymore. It's not that the the bunches aren't there; it's just that they're quite difficult to get at. But over its life, uh, the palm has a has a very very well understood. Yield and the yield starts quite low and accelerates really quickly in its in its early years to reach a peak at around nine or ten years, and then it holds that that plateau that peak up until it's about eighteen years, and then and then there's a, a, a gradual erosion as as the palms get very tall and and slightly less productive. But the important thing is that the Early years, you get a fantastic acceleration in in yield from each palm. So, if you have a very young estate, you have a lot of palms that are on that that upward curve of of yield improvement. And so, in our case, we know, given the age of our palms, that we have many years ahead of us where our crop. Is going to be growing enormously strongly. I mean, we doubled our crop between 2010 and 2016, and we expect to double it again between 2016 and 2020. And that is nearly entirely from palms that are already planted. So that's not things that、uh, that we still need to do or、uh, planting that we hope to achieve. It's palms. Already in the ground, and because of this very well understood, this very pronounced acceleration in yield in the early years, we we know there's going to be a dramatic increase in the crop that we take. We recently wrote a sector-focused piece about palm oil companies in general, of which M P Evans was one such company, and we had some readers who were not particularly pleased with us that we were writing about palm oil companies.、Um, one which commented on the bottom of the story and said. The IC is encouraging investing in the complete dissemination of rainforests and wildlife in Indonesia, including protected species such as Sumatran tiger and orangutans. Plus, palm oil is a much higher cholesterol than other cooking oils, not to mention the haze caused every August by burning forests to make room for planting palm oil trees. So that's a no from me. How do you kind of address concerns like this? You might be surprised to hear that that that, that we absolutely share those concerns. Uh, we uh, we accept that the, the palm oil industry has has done some damage to、uh, to the rainforest and to 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 forests worldwide, but rather in the same way that、uh, the the logging industry or the pulp and paper industry have,、uh, 
uh, we feel the right way to address this is to come up with a, a really robust standard on sustainable palm oil and to make sure that it is produced and then consumed by the people who are concerned by this. And, and we, we are a producer of sustainable palm oil. There is a standard out there. The, the Roundtable on Sustainable Palm Oil has produced a quite a tough standard. I wouldn't claim it's perfect, but I think the industry has moved an awfully long way since the RSPO was established and, and its principles and criteria adopted. And that the right thing to do here is is not to stop consuming palm oil because it provides nutrition and, and a livelihood for, for hundreds of millions of people. And it's, a, it's an enormously efficient, it's a very productive oil. You get perhaps a half a, a tonne of soybean oil per hectare that you, that you plant, whereas palm oil certainly in MP Evans' hands, you're, you're getting upwards of five tonnes, so ten times as much for each hectare that you plant. And I, I am very frustrated when you, you are confronted with people who believe you can either have orangutans or you can have palm oil. That, that is absolutely not the case. Indonesia is an enormous country with a very varied landscape. That There is absolutely room for both. And indeed, it is environmentally beneficial because of palm oil's productivity, because you can get so much of it out of each of your hectares. Thinking in a global sense, it's a very good choice. So we we entirely support the the establishment and and of of tough standards and and their enforcement. And, And we think the industry has made huge grounds over the last few years, and we we support every move to to continue that trend. Are you able to go into any details about sort of what some of these environmental standards are? Well, the Round Table for Sustainable Palm Oil it's, it has is quite a long list of, of principles and criteria that affect both um, um, what you plant, where you plant it. And certainly, absolutely not not acceptable to plant anything that looks remotely like rainforest and uh, but also it covers social standards and and protection of species and and good environmental practice so it's it's quite a broad sustainability standard and certainly mp evans feels it has a a, a very good uh, very good story to tell in this regard we we're very careful with with what we plant we we ad- adhere to um the the standards in terms of preserving um, conservation areas. We we have riverine offsets so that you get wildlife corridors. We uh, in in uh, in in the way we manage our operation, we collect effluent from all of our mills and we produce methane from it that we burn to to to, to have bioelectricity that we use ourselves, but we also sell back to the electricity grid. And we, we, we have no waste at all. We have a zero waste, uh, a zero waste philosophy that means that all of our empty bunches, once, once you've taken the fruitlets which have the oil in them, you take the bunches and, and you produce really good compost from them and put them back into the field. So we feel we, we, we approach this in a, in a very sustainable manner and i think i think we're not the only ones i don't uh, i wouldn't want you to get the impression or your listeners to get the impression that we're the only company who does this but i think our practices really are extremely good and our standards are very high 
Okay. And this RSPO hasn't kind of been without criticisms itself. And so why do you feel like it's a, it's kind of the suitable body to overlook these environmental standards? I think you need a body. And I think that's important. I think if you get a fragmentation of standards and everybody making up their own standards, it will be very unclear which standard is, 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 is a value or, or high value, and which standards of low value, who's going to check what, uh, what those standards really mean. And I think the important thing about the RSPO is that it's a, it's a multilateral organisation. It has, it has consumers, it has producers, it has people right through the production chain. And I know people you know, rightly are frustrated by the pace of progress, but I think it's more important to make really solid progress, even if it's slow, than, than to try and accelerate in a, in, in a, not in a meaningful way. I mean, it might provide lots of sound bites to, to, to announce a new standard here and a new standard there. But what really matters is the slow, solid and thorough application of, of a good standard. And yes, of course, the RSPO has been criticised, and rightly so, and should continue to improve. And we, we, we would support the moves to, to, to make the standards robust and properly enforced. But I think it's the right vehicle. You know, a lot of debate has taken place. It's come a long way. And I think it, it needs to be pushed further. I mean, ideally, in that case, if it should be pushed further, do you have any suggestions in mind of what do you think could be improved specifically? I think the... Uh, the most important thing is to is to address this fragmentation of standards that is happening and one of the ways of doing that is to acknowledge the complexities inherent in the industry i'll, I'll explain one of those in a moment um, but to improve enforcement i mean i think that's the single most important thing is for the RSPO very visibly to improve enforcement of its standards and to impose meaningful penalties. One of the complexities is that a very high proportion of palm oil is, is produced by smallholders, so not by commercialised agriculture. It's by people who own a few hectares and are, are, are not drawn into the system of, of, of commercial agriculture in, in, in quite the way that the RSPO perhaps is set up to address. So I think a, a key challenge is for the organisation to work out how to draw in these smallholders, these people who have a few hectares here, a few hectares there, into producing sustainable palm oil and the haze you mentioned in your question i i i can't prove it but i i would i know of no respectable palm oil company that burns anything now if you're a small holder and you want to clear a couple of hectares well you might burn it in order to in order to do the job quickly and cheaply and i think the the challenge facing the industry is perhaps not not only the behaviour of, 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 of some companies, but more importantly, actually, it's, it's thinking about how to draw these smallholders into sustainable production without presenting them with a sort of a 10-volume rule book, which, which is going to go precisely nowhere. All right. To sort of round things up, what do you feel is the investment case for MP Evans? Why should someone buy shares in your company? I think we're, we're, we have a very long history. We're very well established and we have a very good, therefore, track record in terms of profit, in terms of, of dividends. Uh, 
And we've already mentioned the, the, the most exciting point about MP Evans is this fantastic acceleration in crop that we're just on the threshold of that after we've had a period of, of strategic consolidation where we've we've sold our, our cattle assets, we've we've exited from Australia and we are now really are a, a, a one country, one commodity company for the first time in our one hundred and fifty year history. And that acceleration in crop from palms that are already in the ground and that will enable us to to produce very strong cash flow which we can use to complete our existing investments, make further investments and underpin our dividends. The board is very committed to producing a good return to shareholders through dividends. Well, thanks for coming in, Tristan. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.